my uh, incredible privilege and honor to introduce our speaker for this morning. I've uh, known Pastor Prince and a little bit of Rachel as well, uh, and getting to know them more and more as we go on this journey of joining together with LifePoint, soon to become Revival City Church. And um, I love Pastor Prince's heart. I uh, particularly love him, uh, the way that he is just uh, such a, a wise person. The w- level of wisdom and understanding that he has in God's Word is just astounding. And really am looking forward to uh, hear him uh, share the, the Word of God with us today. So my encouragement to you today is this, okay? You will only get out of today's message what you are open and willing and hungry for to receive from God. I would encourage you to lean in, that if you hear something that Pastor Prince says, let your amen come out. Let you say, that's my word, you know, like uh, just to, to, to lay hold of and place an expectancy upon the Holy Spirit to speak to you and to speak into your life today in a wonderful way that sees you come out of today richer, fresher, stronger, healthier, with greater level of anointing and power of presence of God upon your life. Okay, so how about we stand this morning. Let's welcome Pastor Prince as he comes to share the word. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Let's be seated. What an amazing church this place is. So good, so good to be here. Thank you, Pastor Gary, Pastor Chain. What a joy for me and my wife to be here this morning. Uh, good to see the Reverend. Oh, good to see you. Uh, good to see some familiar faces. Good to see uh, my friends I met this morning, Althea, Robin, and Lynn. God bless you. Uh, this is Naomi. Good to see you guys. And oh, I, Sorry, I need... I want, I want to get to know you guys. What an amazing worship team you guys have. I love the team. Luke, you guys are awesome. Awesome. Olivia on the keys, awesome. Great job. And yeah, Damien, Jules, Jack, Zach. Nearly there. <laughs> now, this is awesome. Great, great church. I, I love that, you know, we are family, and you know, it's good to meet this side of the family that, you know, you're proud of. You don't hide this side of the family. You know, this is a beautiful family, you know, to talk about. It's awesome. Brilliant. All right, let's, can we pray? Let's pray. Let's look to God this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you love us. You've loved us. Lord, that you are with us. And Father, I pray this morning that your, Lord, you'll speak to us, O oh God. May your word come alive in our hearts, in our minds. I pray that, Lord, you will inspire us, challenge us, build us, O oh God. Remind us of your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Um, I have a text this morning from Philippians chapter 4. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 to 14 uh, for the text. Uh, it's a very familiar uh, passage, but I believe God's reminding us this morning and encouraging us as we look through these words. Let me read it for us. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. And not having a righteousness righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but 
that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead, now that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So that was a long text this morning to start off. The title of my sermon this morning is Living Above. Living Above. This morning I want to talk about living above our circumstances. Anybody got circumstances this morning? Yeah. All of us have circumstances in, in, in its own shades. And, but living above our circumstances. Um, as you can see, I, I come from another part of the world. I come from the south of India. Uh, it's, the, it's the land of Hollywood. You would have heard of Hollywood. Now, this is the, the film industry in, this, in India. It's, there's many film industries, right? Uh, probably you've heard of all the dances and whatnot from Bollywood, uh, right? Uh, but you wouldn't realize that there are different industries for each state in, the, in their own language, right? And so... I don't know who started the woods, the, you know, but you know, we have the Hollywood. I don't know where that comes from, but it's one of the highest uh, paid industry in the world. Number of movies and you know, the, the actors are paid through the roof. It's amazing. Um, I was very close to being part of a movie. Uh, very close, but I said no. Thank you. Uh, you thought I was joking. Now, I was very close, yeah. <laughs> I was, like, going to be in the corner of the frame, like, passing by on the street. Nothing. <laughs> but one, one, of the, one of the actors that I have... I haven't seen the movie, but I love uh, this actor. It's not from the industry that I'm from, but from Hollywood. And I'm sure you've heard the name Chuck Norris. Anybody heard the name Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris is a legend. He's amazing. I've read things about him which makes me like, wow. He is awesome, right? Like, this is what I've read, right? Chuck Norris is so fast, he can run around the world and punch himself in the back of the head. (laughs) It's amazing. This guy's awesome. Chuck Norris was once bitten by a poisonous snake, and after a week of excruciating pain, the snake died. When, when, when Graham, Bell, Graham Bell first invented the telephone, he had three missed calls from Chuck Norris. <laughs> All right. Chuck Norris is able to start a fire with an extinguisher. <laughs> Chuck Norris can kill two stones with one bird. <laughs> when police officers approach Chuck Norris, they say, I don't know, Pastor, if you know, they say, we have the right to remain silent. <laughs> right? uh, this, this one is the last one I loved. This really, you know, made me respect him so much. Chuck Norris once had an arm wrestling contest with Superman. 
I'm not going to say who won, but the, this was the deal that the loser had to wear his underwear on the outside for the rest of his life. <laughs> uh, Chuck Norris is amazing. He's an awesome guy, legend. You know, he, you know, he's, he's unlike any of us here, right? He's amazing. Well, as I read the Bible, I feel... Now, can I tell you, there is somebody else probably a little bit better than him. And that's a, it's a guy called Rajinikanth from my state in the industry. And there's enough and more jokes about Rajinikanth. Like, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. I, I would encourage you to probably read about the contest between Chuck Norris and Rajinikanth. But anyway, I'm... You know, when you read the word, somebody that's closer for me, in my mind, to Chuck Norris. And I feel like it's, it's Paul, Apostle Paul. He is the real Chuck Norris, not in a funny way, not somebody that we will mock at. But he's a guy, you know, who's, who, who rose above circumstances, who was, you know, such a vast difference in the way he lived his life from the rest of the people. It's amazing. You read about what he has done, what he's gone through, and you feel like, wow, this is a legend. This is like a legend. It's amazing. You know, he lived above his circumstances. Now, some, some of the things that we read about what he had gone through for the sake of Christ, for the sake of the gospel, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, as we read, says, he's been flogged, floggings, beatings, imprisonments, stoning, shipwrecks, Dangers from rivers, bandits, own countrymen, from Gentiles, you know, false accusations against him, hunger, thirst, sleeplessness, whatnot. He's gone through it all. He's experienced it all for the sake of the gospel. The sake of the gospel. And it makes him, you know, you want to respect him. You want to like look at him and oh, like, wow, how? You know, it's amazing God's introduction to Apostle Paul was then you know, went by Saul, was in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, says, But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and for the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. This was God introducing Paul. Like there was a mandate on his life. There was a, there was a lot of capacity that was around his life. Just amazing to look and read about his circumstances. And when we read about him in, in, you know, in, in, in Philippians chapter 4, by this time, the circumstances that led him to being in prison. Now, he's writing all these encouragements while being in prison, right? Uh, Paul's circumstances preceding the prison situation, uh, is, there was a riot in Jerusalem, imprisonment for him in, in Jerusalem, imprisoned in Caesarea for Two years, threats on his life, and there was this crazy trip across uh, the oceans to, to Rome, and now he's in house arrest, restricted freedom, and he's waiting for his trial with Caesar, right? Uh, Rachel and I, we were under house arrest uh, two years ago, and we were, uh, we just come from India, uh, and we landed in Sydney, and the, they put us in house, house arrest. It was a really good house arrest, though. You know, they <laughs> kept giving us food knock on the door, and it's like breakfast, lunch, dinner, uh, just amazing, you know, it's a well-furnished house, and uh, they called it quarantine, but, you know, you know, it, it was house arrest, right, and I remember looking at, there was this, the window, the, we, we were blessed to have a window in, in that apartment, and it was this window, but we had to, you know, really squeeze our head, head in, and to look at 
This window actually opened towards another building, but if you would, you know, put the window out a little bit and squeeze your head out, you can see the Darling Harbor in all its glory. It's beautiful. But it's excruciating for you to, you know, for two weeks, all you can do is just look at it, but you are under house arrest. You're just sitting there and like waiting. It's like, when can I go out there? When can I experience that view? When can I be near the water? When can I eat of those, you know, play, of those restaurants? When can I, it was like a concert's happening out there. Open up, you know, open up music. Being inside is not easy. Look at Paul, and I've, you know, he was under house arrest for two years. Two years. And many times we find that he was chained, you know, next to a Roman soldier. He was, he was bound. There was freedom for him to meet people and whatnot. But house arrest is a house arrest. And in that trying times is when he's writing all these prison epistles, writing and encouraging the church. There's so much to learn from Apostle Paul. So much that, you know, that we see there. Uh, you know, we see that even as a prisoner, Paul looked at those, you know, situations or circumstances around him as an opportunity to share the gospel. There was this Roman soldiers who took shifts to be around him, to guard him. And he's like, thank you, God, for my congregation, <laughs> right? And I, I think if I was, you know, in his place, in his shoes, I'll be like, you know, going after complaint again, after complaint to every single person. By the end of the time, everybody knew what my complaints were in the right order, right? But here what we see is Paul was like, used it as an opportunity for him to preach the gospel. He used it as an opportunity to share the gospel. And he, you know, even when he was in, under house arrest, that God will open doors for him to share. And that kept him going. Just amazing that, you know, he turned every circumstance into an opportunity. And for me, he rose above. He was living above the circumstances. He didn't allow himself to be pinned down, to chained to circumstances, but he had his own narrative. He was living above. You know, Paul was able to, to, to turn his trials into opportunities. Now he saw the need and he responded in, in, a, in a way that was so unique at that time. Now we draw inspiration right now. Uh, Paul wrote in you know, Philippians chapter 4 verse 12 that he had learned one of the secret, most vital secrets you know, in living. And that, that there was this, the ability to embrace life, whether in times of plenty or in times of need. That's a very unique quality for us to aspire to. The ability to embrace, the ability to embrace life when we have plenty or when we are in lack. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's that, that's the tension that is there in life. And if we don't embrace them, you know, we will be living under the circumstances, not above the circumstances. Now, Paul was, you know, as much as he had, you know, strength and zeal for the kingdom, he also, you know, was somebody who was struggling, right? Now, you read about in Romans chapter 7, verse 15, he says, I do not understand what I do. That's what Rachel tells me all the time. <laughs> You don't understand what you do now. Uh, you see, 
I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. You know, that's him being very vulnerable. And, and, and you know, it's his sanctification process that was happening. But he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I think that's a story for all of us this morning. You know, there's, if you are seeking to mature in God, there's always the struggle, the tension. And it's, the maturity comes when we have more of what we have overcome, not what we are still, you know, losing to. Uh, Paul was not perfect, but he was striving for a higher way of living, a living above the circumstances. You know, this morning, I want us to know that we can live above our circumstances, right? Not just Paul, because, you know, the, 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 the strength that Paul received is the same strength that we have access to. You know, this morning, you and I can live above our circumstances. I want to take a look at three lessons, you know, from the life of Paul this morning. Three lessons from the life of Paul as to how to live above our circumstances. How do we live? about our circumstances. The first one is to have an eternal perspective. Having an eternal perspective. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. Not on things that are on earth. You know, having a, a heavenly perspective is a different way of living, right? It sees life in the way God sees them. That's an eternal perspective. You know, one of my favorite things to do is to travel, right? I love traveling. I love exploring. I uh, had a, a Honda 150cc, uh, you know, that I've been on so many, you know, uh, rides, uh, exploring new spaces, I can't wait to ride with Pastor uh, Gary and, and, and the Reverend, you know, on our on a Royal Enfields and, you know, go up to the mountains. I don't know. Indian mountains are really cool to, to drive, you know, uh, all the happen bends and whatnot. Now, one of the, the next best thing to do is for me is to look at Google Maps. I love watching and exploring through Google Maps. I love looking at the big picture, the satellite view, look at where it is, what it is, and, and, and plan my, my, my rides. You know, I love looking at things from a different perspective. I, I don't know how many of you, you know, you do that as a, I, I love now and then to go and explore new places. Um, but what we see is we need a heavenly perspective to live above our circumstances, right? Um, there is a friend of mine in India called Benny Prasad. Uh, I don't know, some of you might have heard of him. Benny Prasad uh, was born into a family of you know, four siblings. His dad was a scientist uh, you know, with the Indian government. And all his siblings were really you know, doing well in their uh, studies. Benny was not a very smart student, right? To add to it, he had a lot of physical uh, issues, he, rheumatoid arthritis and really poor health. And so he couldn't, you know, go further life. He, he always felt like he was a loser, 
like he was really you know he's, he just couldn't compete with his brothers who were and sisters who were really far ahead of him and so benny you know attempted suicide and uh, came out of that and then his mother encouraged him to go and and you know be a part of a retreat and you know thank god for retreats god touched him right god he had an encounter with god he came away with a heavenly perspective with an amazing heavenly perspective now benny who was you know not you know one of those guys like you don't want to you know talk about in your family because he wasn't really doing well uh, in, in so many ways now suddenly gets a heavenly perspective and god gives him the skill uh, to play music right to learn uh, learn music all his brother sisters are accomplished musicians accomplished really accomplished musicians but benny was given a broken guitar by his brother to start to you know fill around and he started there now can i tell you where he is right now now this is his bio you know he's a gospel musician and an instrumental in a guitarist he designed the world's first bongo guitar which is like drums installed in the guitar <laughs> he also holds the world record this is really cool he holds the world record for being the fastest man ever to visit all the 245 nations he's visited every single nation around the world and he's the fastest to do that this is a guy who was fit for nothing in his family who was you know with rheumatoid arthritis and poor health and didn't have anything going for him in a gets a heavenly perspective of who you know he is in the eyes of god and what you know was in store for him what he could accomplish in god and he rises up and he you know he's he's gone into parliaments he's gone played in front of presidents he's played in front of you know royalty he he's you know he's played in all those cultural settings in the world games in the world military games he was one of those <coughs> excuse me was one of those guys performing he world cup 2006 he was part of the cultural team performing there just amazing one guy you know then and you don't not much of an appearance you know as it were but god you know used him and still is using him to touch the nations it's amazing he's out of his record stands but he was the fastest ever to visit every country every country in the world including antarctica in how crazy is that you know when you and i have an heavenly perspective when you and i will rise above you know from the view of the views of the people around us when we you and i will you know look at our life from how god sees us there's a change that happens amen our, ch- our life is not the same anymore it's not the same anymore you know in in romans chapter 8 verse 28 this is what we read it says and we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose benny didn't understand what was happening to him and why it was happening why he had to suffer when everybody else were you know doing well but it's that very thing that was his weakness that pulled him down just changed him into a testimony he, he you know he's gone to every country and talked about how big god is 
in spite of his poor health how big god is how good god is and you know hundreds of people have said yes to the, to the gospel because of his ministry you know god can you know change things around he works for the good you know for those who love him and who's been called according to his purpose you know when you see things through a heavenly lens everything is different you see the big picture and that's the key for us to rise above to live above circumstances 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 says for things which are seen are temporary the things which are not seen are eternal you know what we you know we need to have that ability to look at things the way god sees it right uh one of the quick definitions of faith that i learned is you know if you don't see it before you see it you will never see it right if you don't see it with your spiritual eyes before you see it with your physical eyes natural eyes you'll never see it because faith opens doors faith opens doors for us faith makes the impossible happen in our lives a faith in a god you know who knows our the, the end right from the beginning this morning you know that is an option for us and uh, you know something that we can walk into all of us here can live above our circumstances when we would you know have a heavenly perspective you know when you have a heavenly perspective you will you know talk like paul your narrative will be like this in 2 corinthians chapter 4 verse 8 says he was you know i was hard pressed on every side yet not crushed perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken struck down but not destroyed you know if you if you and i don't have that heavenly perspective our narrative would sound something like this i am hard pressed i'm crushed i am i'm in despair i'm forsaken i, I i'm 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 you know persecuted i'm struck down you know oh is my life i i'm miserable i have a pathetic life but look at the heavenly you know what the heavenly perspective you know brings about there's clarity there and paul says you know i'm hard pressed on every side but i'm not yet crushed i'm you know perplexed but i'm not in despair i you know i might be persecuted but i'm not forsaken i might be struck down right now but i'm not destroyed you know there is a you know you get a heavenly perspective that frees you releases you and helps you to keep going and not being pinned down you know that is a great come on let's give glory to god this morning because he changes our life so we don't settle down for what we see with our natural eye but we will see things you know through the eyes of god because there is more in god amen we can keep going we can keep walking you know even if we are hard pressed that's not the end of our life you know that's not that's not what defines us because there is more in god now my question to you this morning would be are, are we bringing that eternal dimension into our daily choices it's one thing to know that but it is another to bring that dimension the eternal dimension that heavenly perspective into in everyday living and i believe that comes when we we would pause have that sala moment pause and look at who god is and and to understand our circumstances from his perspective 
take time out spend time in the presence of god you know those who, who wait on him become stronger and i'm talking to you today today to you <laughs> talking to you about how to live above your circumstances you know from the lesson, lessons that we take from the life of paul the second thing i want to mention is the second lesson consider all things other than christ as loss having a heavenly perspective the second thing is to consider everything else all things other than christ as loss allow the message paraphrase to bring some clarity right and so philippians chapter 3 verse 7 from the message paraphrase says this the very credentials these people are waving around as something special i'm tearing up and throwing out with the trash along with everything else i used to take credit for and why because of christ yes all the things i once thought were so important are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing christ jesus as my master first hand everything i once thought i was i had going for me is insignificant i've dumped it all in the trash so that i could embrace christ and be embraced by him i didn't want some petty inferior brand of righteousness that comes from keeping a list of rules when i could get the robust kind that comes from trusting christ righteousness you know knowing god was top priority for paul to know him and to make him known to know him and to make him known you know the, the, there is this word that he talks about often he says i count it all as rubbish this word count is a, is a mental act you know that involves resolving deciding purposing and judging that's what it means to count it as laws he was he was purposing he was deciding he's resolving in his mind that that is a loss i'm not going to put my weight you know behind that you know when we look upon a money a jobs or you know friends and assets and what not how do we value them how do we look at it you know when it comes to knowing christ and that why right? it's, it's important for us to uh, now i love good things i love blessings you know all of us do all of us want more we want to build homes and you know have everything that the world that we can enjoy in the world but how does that fare when it comes to com- you know comparing with knowing god knowing christ you know paul is somebody who had a a lot of things going for him right like he had uh this great heritage he was a not a nobody before he met with god right like he had a lot of things for him uh, going for him he he obeyed all the laws he was a pharisee of the highest order he you know was the best uh he voluntarily voluntarily joined the you know the pharisees uh, and he applied all the ritual you know purity laws to to his life and and we see that he was zealous as a persecutor of the church we see that he was you know he really even though he was speaking for himself he was somebody who you know ticked all the boxes when it came to being righteous according to the law it was hard but he he considered himself pretty high so like pretty good you know until he met christ until he met christ and he says like all these credentials that i have you know being under the school of gamaliel being at the top of everything i consider them all rubbish 
he threw away all his id cards and his business cards and what not i said like i want to know christ all this is nothing you know um the there is a, a religion in india uh, called the you know, they call the jains i don't know if you have heard of the jains j a i n s jains they they are unique they're not a lot of them but they stand out jain the, the you know one of their things the practices is for the jain monks to you know give up every earthly possession i'm talking about literally everything the men would not have a single piece of clothing now give up everything now i'm talking about rich guys you know there's top richest guys in india jains who accepted the call of their religion gave up everything and walked away and this is what they do they don't stay in one place they don't stay in one place for long right to the year they are always on a pilgrimage the only time they stay for longer is during the rainy season when they stay in one place for four months the rest of the eight months they are going from a, one place to another they never will have anybody cook for them they will themselves not cook they will only receive food from people you know they lived they live a life like some of the things you know they do not own anything to their name uh they do not stay permanently in any place uh they are barefooted you know barehanded uh you know they do not use an umbrella they do not use uh, anything to protect them just like a great you know th- these people if you look at them you'll feel like oh that's a person who's had something happening in the upstairs you know not good right but then you'll see that they are clean they walk with a sense of purpose they walk with a sense of pride in who they are and what they're doing because they've forsaken you know all that they could enjoy they do not go out after sunset they do not you know eat after sunset and just look at these there's so many things that you know that i could read about uh, the jains the monks you think like these guys have truly you know fulfilled those words when paul says i consider everything rubbish when it comes to understanding and knowing god to the literal sense thank god god doesn't call us to a life like that <laughs> right i don't know how many of us will sign up for that but you know if you and i would understand you know that the, the importance of us considering everything as loss cons- you know compared to knowing god knowing christ you know that's very important for us <clears throat> i grew up in a in a massive gated community back in india uh, we had you know my dad worked with the telecommunications department of india and uh, all those people who lived in there were all you know from that uh, from from the same workspace um it was almost like a community living this and i pretty much knew everybody you know growing up there uh, i had these friends <clears throat> manoj kannan ramesh these guys these guys grew up with me we will play soccer together uh we will you know hang around all the time now <clears throat> these guys were not christian they didn't know god 
uh, and they came from staunch Hindu families. Uh, my mom would run Sunday school uh, at home, right, on a Sunday afternoon. My job was to go and get people, get kids, round them up and you know, entice them, whatever, and they would all come home. Uh, I guess, you know, if you do anything of that sort in, you know, in Australia at this time, you will be in prison probably. But, you know, it was okay in India, but you could go, you know, to other people's homes. And so the, all these friends would come home. And my mom would teach them songs and, and stories from the Bible. And, you know, sooner or later, we found that all these kids, there was actually 15 of them, they all accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. It was amazing, a transformation that happened in their lives. No other influence, just these young boys who listened to the gospel and accepted God, right? But here's what, you know, they could not tell their parents what was happening to them. So they kept it a secret. And what we started to do is there was a great hunger to know God among us, right? So we started to uh, come together for prayer. We would, you know, just the young people, like we were 14, 15, we would come around and we would, you know, pray together. Uh, Now, probably even from when when we were 12, I believe, we start to hang around and pray together. And it came to a time when we, just, we wanted to have more of God. So we decided, Bible says, you know, early in the morning, if you seek me, you will find me. So we decided, like, let's do early morning prayer, right? So five o'clock in the morning, everybody will come together. So now this was my job. I would wake up 4.45, go on the rounds and call all these guys, right? Like third floor, whatnot, I'm knocking, calling and... Um, all, now this was the, the, the fun part. All of us pretended that we were going for jogs and runs early in the morning. So the parents would actually allow them. There's no way the parents would actually allow these kids to go to church. You know, so we, I'm in my trackies. I'm going, you know, we, we have my skipping rope and whatnot and give the impression of we're going to, you know, work out. And, you know, what was happening was every morning, all, you know, 15 of us, we would go to the church every morning for many years, spend time. You know, we led each other. We would sing and we would read the word and, you know, and encourage one another, pray for one another. Amazing things happened. Amazing, amazing stuff. Sooner or later, their parents found out. And I remember some of these parents, you know, coming, I remember Manoj's mom specifically coming and standing, we were on the third floor, and she was screaming from, from the ground floor and saying, what have you done with my son? And, you know, when you hear that without any context, and, you know, and she was abusing, and, you know, all this tension that was there. But that didn't just stop with that. All these boys were beaten up at home. They were belted. But this is the testimony. This is the testimony they were beaten up and said, would you go to church again? Would you read the Bible again? And, you know, they threw the Bibles away, right? And every single time they were beaten, somehow they found that, that strength from God. They said, yes, I will. Yes, I will go to church. Yes, I will read the word. I will never forsake God, you know, for these beatings. And they were ready to come out of the house. Now, I'm talking about true stuff. Like, I've seen them, you know, the bruises. That they took for, you know, knowing God. They said, I cannot be, you know, uh, beaten into submission to say no to God. 
I've tasted who God is. I can never say no to God. All these guys are still going strong, gone to Bible college, married, and a whole generation have come to know God. A whole generation. I tell you, you know, a God is worth knowing. A God is worth knowing. And Paul says, I consider everything as a loss when it comes to knowing God. And if you and I want to live above our circumstances, we need to consider everything as a loss. Knowing Him is the only way to go forward. Knowing Him. I wonder in, in what ways you would respond to that. How would you put yourselves out there? How, what are the things that you consider as loss when it comes to knowing God? Living above is to remove things that comes between us and God. Third point I want to mention this morning, lessons from the life of Paul, how to live above our circumstances is press forward. Press forward. Um, you know, there's no point in forgetting the past, aiming forward, you know, toward the future, if one does not do something about living in the present. We need to do something about the present where we are, continuously, constantly, you know, as we are forsaking the past and looking at the future. You know, pressing forward is not an event, it's a, it's a process, it's an everyday thing, right? We keep pressing forward, and we go through sanctification as a process as we press forward, right? Every day. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12 says, Not that I have already obtained all, all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on. Pressing on towards the goal is important. Um, I want to quickly mention this story. Uh, back in India, I, I ran a, uh, an adventure company, right? Like I would take people uh, into the forest uh, and uh, you know, get them to experience adventure. Uh, uh, the, you know, canoeing, rappelling, uh, gods walking, and, and you know, whatnot and stuff. Now, you need to know, the context here is that I live next to a forest, uh, which is actually a tiger reserve, right? So it's a tiger reserve. When there is a tiger, uh, it also means there is prey, right? And, um, but one good thing to know is tigers are, uh, you know, are averse and run away from people the same way I would run away from vegetables. Uh, so no worries when you go, to, uh, when you go into the forest. Uh, you don't just want to stand in the path of the tiger, right? That's all. As long as you don't, you know, stand in the path, you're fine. You're, you're okay. Now, this forest had like tigers, bisons, bears, and, um, you know, all kind of wild animals that you can think of, right? Um, so this is a forest that I would take these people into, to trek into. And uh, we walk an hour and a half into the forest, and then uh, we go to a lake, which is fed by two waterfalls, and that's where we camp. Uh, it's beautiful. It's serene, quiet. It's amazing. Uh, but on the way, like as I lead people, uh, I do team building and I'm you know, coaching them. And uh, uh, as I'm leading, there is this path that comes up. Now, there is this forest used to be a, a, a logger's uh, forest. Uh, so there's a lot of gum trees in there from Australia, uh, which now we call as invasive species. But gum trees and, and, you know, but all that is done with, like, you know, the logging was done with, but 
this log is old, rugged logger's path exists. So we come to a fork in the road where we would, uh, you know, I would tell the, the gang, like 15 of them sometimes, right? Uh, I would ask them, you have a choice. Which way do you want to go? You can take this road, uh, logger's path, but you know that you're going the right way and you can end up at the campsite. Or, you know, do you want to do some bushwalking, right? Bushwalking or whacking? Walking, bushwalking. So, you know, you, you would you look at them and every single time I've seen, except for one or two, everybody would say bushwalking. Let's go bushwalking, you know. So they would all want to walk through the bushes, uh, find our own way, and it's all fun. Except when this time when I took these guys, it was a different season, right? So we're walking through in our hills and valleys, and I don't, I can't recollect my signs because the trees have grown, the shrubs have come up, the water line has gone up, everything looked different after a bit. And I'm like, lost, legitimately lost. We just had a small breakfast, leading them towards, and I said, let's have lunch when we reach there. You'll be ready for a big lunch, let's go for it. And this is now two o'clock going to three, and we're still walking, still walking. You know, that came to, a, you know, came to a place that I realized. Now, if it goes a little bit further, you need to realize that sun goes down quicker in the hills, right? And uh, when the light goes down, the animals come out, right? And so you don't want to be, you know, anywhere near there. And you need to make it to the campsite before sunlight goes down. And there's this panic, the tension. There's only one way. Press forward press forward. And as I was pressing forward, I was like in panic, but you, do, you pretend like everything's okay. I know where you're going. You know, you're all okay. You're all safe. Don't worry. I've got it. You know, I'm just testing you. And <laughs> you keep walking. And then, you know, until my hopes came alive when I saw the water body, when I saw the lake, the edge of the, this is a massive lake. I saw the edge of the water, of, of the lake. So that changed everything for me because I knew all I need to do was just look at the leg, look at the waterline, because I knew how the waterline was. And I had just had to follow the waterline. And I, I would reach the campsite. Lo and behold, we reached the campsite, all in one piece, you know, no animals to, to, to encounter. You know, for me, this is what I understand, that when we have our eternal focus on God, have an eternal perspective, for me, that waterline, that water body, you know, was me looking at God, looking at Jesus, looking at things the way Jesus would, and that would lead me home. All I needed to do was just look at the water and follow the water. You know, if you and I could look at God, look at what God has done for us, look at Him and, you know, He alone is enough. He alone is sufficient. You know, if you and I can focus on Him, you know, we will always, you know, live above our circumstances. We will always live above our circumstances. If the band can come up, please. I, I want us to, you know, ask ourselves this morning, what are we, you know, what are the circumstances that I need to live above? What are some of the circumstances that is pulling me down? And am I pressing forward? Um, do I have an eternal perspective? Do I have... Do I consider everything else as loss? Do I press forward in, a, in my walk with God? If you can stand with me this morning as we pray, I want us to pray and ask God for 
his intervention and this morning in a can be that morning where god helps us where god will come alongside us and strengthen us and will enable us we need the strength from heaven to live above our circumstances we cannot lean on our own understanding we cannot lean on our own strength this morning can i encourage you to close your eyes as you look to god as you look to god and ask him for help this morning as we look to god let's remember that we need help to raise above our circumstances live above our circumstances not just visit that space now and then but to constantly live above our circumstances is god god is calling us for a higher way of living we don't need to struggle with the same things every day an eternal perspective look at things the way god sees believe things about us the way what god believes about us to consider everything is a loss when it comes to knowing god to set my priorities right to look at god as the author and the finisher of life the god who sustains the god who leads me the god who provides for me if you and i can do that he wants to strengthen us today living below in a is a state of spiritual depletion it's a place of spiritual poverty it's a place where we become tired and exhausted and we are leaking all the time but living above is where we are replenished where there is strength that is available for us there is spiritual abundance there is there is endurance there is security you are that person who needs help say god i need help to live above my circumstances would you raise your head hands towards heaven as we worship him as we pray to him as we talk to him just raise your hands towards heaven as we say god i need your help i need your strength oh god to live above my circumstances i want to live above my circumstances i don't want to be to, to be pulled down i want to live above i want to live in a way where i have an eternal perspective where i i i will spend time in knowing you where i can continue to press forward without being pulled down thank you god father i thank you this morning that you are available for us that you are our strength you are the refuge that we run to lord you are our fortress thank you god that lord you are our lord our sustenance that we can come to you Lord you are a God who does not change you the same yesterday today and forever Lord that you never deplete that Lord you can shower your grace upon us that Lord by your grace we can move forward by the strength that we receive that Lord we can live you know in a higher place we thank you God we thank you for your strength oh God we thank you for your mercy we thank you for the love that you have showered on us oh God we thank you Father God I pray that this morning Lord will be the morning that we desire that we will not live our life in our comfort zone the way we have lived all this while but Lord that we will live in a different space that Lord we will live Lord above Lord and not below we thank you father Paul just can you do worship God just talk to him this morning talk to him this morning